Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, a little segment of the show now we call In Case You Missed It. In other words, uh, these have been people who have been on other shows, um, apart from ours, and uh, little clips uh, that uh, you probably will be interested in. First of all, uh, we're going to hear from Ryan Fox, who was on the run home. I know that we're not here to, to delve into controversy, but do you see signs of, of the division that you brought up um, a couple of minutes ago coming to an end this year, or do you think that the, this is just going to be here to stay as, a, as another part of golf's sort of travelling sideshow? I think it's here for the medium term. At the moment, obviously, you know, there's a fair bit of legal action going on around the world at the, uh, around the world at off at the moment so from that sense you know i don't yeah it, it's pretty hard to be civil with someone that's basically suing you so mm. until that stuff kind of goes away i don't i don't see the two you know all the parties sitting down and working something out um and obviously the the, the time frame on that probably mid 24 at the absolute earliest with what's going on so yeah it's look in the short term, there's been some great things happen in the game because of it. Obviously, competition has been been great for the game of golf, um, and it's generally great in most capacities. But obviously, the division in the game with all the legal stuff and you know the the throwing the throwing crap at each other in the media, um, you know that's been pretty frustrating. And I know not me personally, but there's been friendships lost and everything like that through this whole scenario. So. Now, hopefully that's all, that'll get sorted out in the next two to three years. But I don't see, I, I see at least for this year, there's still being a fair bit of stuff going on. So, Smithy, that question comes off the back that the confirmation that Danny Lee is going to live golf where, as, of course, Ryan Fox has been very much on the other side of that coin and wanting to focus on what he could potentially achieve this year, going to the Masters, hoping to win a major and everything going on there. He doesn't want to give up his spot either on the DP World Tour. So, uh, yeah. Danny Lee is going to the Iron Heads. That's what they call them, Iron Heads, uh, captained by Kevin Nah, Scott Vincent's there as well, and Siwan Kim. The interesting thing here, Smithy, for me, is the rumour, I still haven't seen confirmation on this yet, if this is a three-tournament deal, and allegedly he is to be starting this week in Mexico. Then there's Tucson, then there's Orlando, and it's all wrapped up by April 3rd. The next one is Adelaide on April 22nd. Where does he go after that? Because the PGA aren't going to want him. No, the PGA aren't going to want him. In fact, uh, Danny Lee's had a pretty checkered uh, record on the PGA in terms of uh, withdrawing from tournaments. Uh, he's also had behavioural issues, um, and uh, he got reprimanded at one point there for a ridiculous like seven or eight or nine putt on one green. That's right. Uh, he, he, <coughs> he has had a, a pretty average record there, and I think they've been quite patient with him on the PGA Tour. Um, but they won't want him back in a hurry. Uh, I mean, they're probably thinking... And the other thing is it won't make... Uh, Danny Lee going is, is real, relatively big news here, but it won't even be a pimple on, you know, on the proverbial when it comes to world golf. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of people won't even notice. No. Uh, one thing I found interesting, watch, I, <laughs> I've been so busy, Smithy, I haven't actually finished Full Swing yet, and I'm really dying to finish it. But there's one episode that focuses on uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and whether or not he is going to go to live golf. And he reveals that he did get an offer, but he, what was his words that he used? He called it, he basically just called it um, a token gesture, so to speak. I would love to know, <laughs> with the amount of money that's been thrown around, what does Matt Fitzpatrick consider a token gesture of a contract offer? Well, that would be an interesting point, actually, um, uh, because they're continually in the market because they, they have to be. Um, and, and, you know, they have to keep renewing and, and to say, well, you know, the initial draft that they got, uh, it, has to, it has to be keeping they, renewing it. They have to keep renewing it and, and keeping it updated and, and refreshing it the whole time. Um, and he's certainly, um, he's certainly part of that group, you would imagine. Uh, he, he's, um, of course, uh, the current US Open champion. So what does that make his market value? Uh, I would say I would say considerable, considerable. But you know, um, it would be uh, it would be a token offer compared to some that have gone already. The, you know, the the DJs, the Dustin Johnsons, uh, you know, the Brooks Kepters, uh, those guys that went initially, the Phil Mickelsons, which probably pales um, into insignificance compared to what they've been offered. But as the current US Open champion, uh, you would think his market value would be quite high, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would think so as well. And I mean, I'm just, no doubt they threw an astronomical amount of money at Cameron Smith. And to be fair, Cameron Smith is the only reason why I'm probably really paying any attention to Live Golf because I love the way he plays. I love his persona. I love his personality. And I hate to see something like that go away from the PGA Tour. So potentially, I think if there's going to be a longevity here, it's going to be potentially like the NBA where um, maybe younger golf uh, fans follow more the player than the tour that they're on. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand where you're getting from there. Um, and I think that was one of the great shames, actually, particularly for world, world golf down under, that Cameron Smith went um, at the time that he did. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's done and dusted now. Uh, very quiet out of Greg Norman at the moment. There's no doubt about that. All uh, right, let's uh, move on to uh, Joey Wheeler. Joey Wheeler, former Highlanders player, of course, on Super South. A lot of talents left the the, uh, the franchise. Um, you know, looking at it, uh, the ins and the outs from last season, uh, but they've made some interesting additions. And I think one of the areas that you pointed out, uh, particularly that they look very very strong in, uh, is lock. And when you consider that they, uh, you know, have lost Manaki Selby Rickett to the Chiefs, um, that's still a pretty decent looking locking uh, stocks, isn't it? Fabian Holland, a lot of talk around him. Putty Putty Parkinson, if he can stay fit, he could be huge. Max Hicks, and then of course Josh Dixon uh, as well. He's uh, he's been a solid performer for a lot of years. Yeah, mate. I think that second row has been one of the real growth areas um, in terms of the Highlanders over the last couple of years. Uh, I thought Manaki Selby Ricketts deflection from the Highlanders, I think there was probably, uh, I think the Highlanders wanted to keep him, but I think, you know, um, 
I don't know if he made every push the winner in his time in the in the Highlanders jersey. I think he'll be disappointed with what he produced. He had ample opportunity, and I think at that next level, he just hasn't stamped his mark yet. And I don't know whether he's going to get um, that many opportunities at the Chiefs because they are absolutely stacked in the second row. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting one, him leaving. But, yeah, I, I'm, I've been really impressed. If Putty Putty Parkinson can stay fit, um, that guy is... Well, one, he's a monster. He is, I think he's two metres oh six, so um, and got a ridiculously massive winning span. And through his injuries, he's put on um, a significant amount of muscle. So I think he's weighing in at something like 132 kilos uh, this season. So uh, him alongside Josh Dixon, and Josh Dixon has obviously gone from strength to strength over the last two years. Obviously, his time uh, last season, he was involved heavily in the All Blacks camp and looks to be... Um, um, the next cab off the rank in terms of with the exodus of um, two obviously world class lockers in uh, Retallick and Whitelock. These two, I believe this year, if they can stay fit alongside Fabian Holland, I'll touch on him in a minute, but I, I think those two are the heir apparent. Um, I really like how they complement each other. Josh. Uh, has grown in terms of his leadership of the line-out especially. Um, he's really owning that over the last two years. And obviously Putty Putty, in terms of his physicality, he is, I believe, behind, just behind Brody Retallick and bringing that real physical aspect to the game. If he can work on his actions in terms of his, um, when he does something, when he's, in, when he's in the end, Ricardo, like when he's carrying or he's tackling, he's awesome. It's that split second after he's done the action getting up and then reloading to do another action repeated actions is what i want to see from putty putty this season to really put him in that um all black frame but the other young um whippersnapper coming through is obviously fabian holland the big dutchman um and those three you've got three guys that are um, all weighing over 120 kilo and a highlander's pack with uh locks that size uh, i don't think it's We've ever had that in our history. So that type five is in really good stead with with three guys who um, and one young fellow who's got massive potential. And I think they're going to make a real fist of it this year and going to upset a lot of teams through the middle of the park. Yeah, interesting. And of course, the Highlanders uh, kick off their campaign on uh, Saturday at 7.05 uh, hosting the Blues. Incidentally, of course, uh, Crusaders against the Chiefs. Uh, that kicks it all off on Friday at 7.05 uh, with the Crusaders at home hosting there. So that uh, is uh, an interesting point of view from Joey Wheeler. Um, but what about uh, Chiefs Mana? Chiefs Mana and Paul Feeney. Your role this year, uh, Paul, with the Chiefs, first year with the Chiefs, and, and what's your area that you're specialising in? Yeah, so um, I'm looking after sort of getting out of our out of, out of our own third, exiting out of sort of the back third. So through scrums, lineouts, kickoffs, counter attack, um, turnover ball, and kick strategy. So Roger Hill and uh, sorry, Roger Randall and David Hill are in charge of attack and defence, and the Chiefs just decided they wanted someone to really focus in on that area of the game. You know, especially with the kicking game, the way it's going in modern day rugby, there's a lot of space. We've watched the All Blacks in November kicking a lot more, um, turning defences around, making them think about where the space is. So they just wanted someone to focus on that. So I've been fortunate enough to be to be given that role by um, Clayton McMillan, 
and uh, excited and just uh, grateful to be given the opportunity, really. Gee, that's a new innovation. There's a lot of um, non-modern rugby people watching, listening to the show, watching the Chiefs play. But, man, you've seen some innovation. You've seen some change uh, in the time as a player and a coach in this game, uh, Paul. Oh, definitely. You know, um, oh, I mean, I coached in, I played in the 80s, obviously under Peter Thorburn, and we 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 pulled the uh, 14-man wall, as you know, and, and a few other bits of innovations by Thorbs back in the 80s. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, rugby, I think, um, needs a bit of innovation and we, we need to think outside the square. Uh, there's been a lot of kicking in the game. Uh, Defence has been dominating. There's a lot of space and we need to get the ball to the space. So, uh, yeah, as I say, excited and uh, really looking forward to the opportunity of working with some really good coaches and, and obviously a very talented team. Yeah, that's Paul Feeney, of course. Uh, he had uh, six or seven years with North Harbour, as he said, uh, playing under uh, Peter Thorburn. Um, and then, of course, when he's turned his uh, attention to uh, coaching, he's been involved with the Blues, with Auckland, uh, with the Stormers as an assistant coach. 25 years' experience there, director of rugby for Kenya, uh, during which time the Kenyan Sevens qualified for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So uh, there you go. Uh, that is uh, Paul Feeney, and uh, he's one of the new recruits in terms of uh, exiting uh, strategies when it comes to uh, their campaign this year.